You're listening to The Myth Pilgrim, and I am Brother Lawrence of the Missionaries of God's Love. At its heart, the spiritual journey is a delightful and perilous adventure, just like the myths and fairy tales we love. This podcast is also a journey, learning from both wizards and saints, enchanted princesses and inner demons. Together, we'll discover how the great symbols of myth and fairy tale can guide us on our journey to God. Hello Pilgrims, and welcome to the first episode of 2021. Wishing you a happy new year, and I hope you've had some sort of break over the Christmas period. I certainly had some much-needed rest, and got to connect with some family and friends that I couldn't over a year dominated by lockdown. I pray this year will be filled with many blessings for you, even while COVID still rears its ugly head in many parts of the world. Come Holy Spirit. But yeah, I look forward to journeying this year with you, and thanks again for your ongoing support for The Myth Pilgrim. So, I'm excited to explore with you today another gem from the Disney Renaissance era. Pocahontas, released in 1995, after The Lion King and just before The Hunchback of Notre Dame. In some ways, this episode is a sister to episode 11 on Anakin and Temptation. Because whereas in that episode, we explored how to recognize what St. Ignatius calls the bad spirit and to resist him, this episode focuses on how to recognize the good spirit and how to submit to him. The good spirit is, of course, the Holy Spirit, and he is no side character in the drama of our lives. What is abundantly clear from the promises of both Jesus and the Acts of the Apostles is that the Holy Spirit is central to the life of a Christian. The Holy Spirit is the way Jesus continues to be present with us, and to be a Christian is to be plunged into the very life of the Spirit. He leads us, teaches us, convicts us of sin, brings us back into relationship with others. Indeed, the Spirit enables us to do the very works of Jesus, greater works than He, according to Jesus Himself, if we have the faith to ask for it. So, To begin to give us a sense of what this might look and feel like, I thought I'd borrow Pocahontas. Because this story features her relationship with both the wind character and the river, both of which are biblical images of the Holy Spirit. And like the Spirit, they are subtle enough to miss if you're not looking. But from the start, Pocahontas lives very attentive to the wind, and like the Spirit being breathed into Adam's nostrils in Genesis, she almost seems to breathe it in and allowing herself to be immersed in it. Okay, to begin, a synopsis of the Pocahontas story. Set in the 1600s, Pocahontas is a Native American woman who is also the chief's daughter. She is a somewhat free-spirited woman and has an intimate connection with the land, the animals, the river, and of course, the wind. Having come of age, it was her duty to be married off to one of the chief warriors, Kokuam, but Pocahontas is not happy with this arrangement. Having recently received a strange prophetic dream about a spinning arrow, she feels her path is pointing away from the normal path, even though she doesn't know how yet. She expresses something of this desire in the song Just Around the River Bend, where at a fork in the river, she is inspired to paddle down the less smooth, less steady course. There she meets the ancient Grandmother Willow Tree, who tells her to listen with her heart, and in doing so, she would understand the meaning of her strange dream. 
Okay, we'll pause here to do a little exposition, because at this point, we already have images of how the Holy Spirit leads us in our lives. Now, because the song Colors of the Wind is the much more famous Pocahontas song, this earlier song, Just Around the Riverbend, often gets less attention. But it also has a beautiful message, and for the purposes of this episode, paddling a river is actually itself a beautiful image for a life in the Spirit. And while Pocahontas' father had originally used the river as an image of something steady and something that always chooses the smoothest course, Pocahontas, by contrast, sees the river also as wild and free. Of course, a river is both steady and wild, just as a life in the Holy Spirit is both steady and wild. To say yes to the Holy Spirit is both the most adventurous thing we can do, but also the most secure. For the Holy Spirit is wild, but he is not reckless. Look at the example with Mother Mary. When the Holy Spirit comes upon her and she says yes to being the mother of God, her world and our world (laughs) flips upside down. Yet Mary's faith is celebrated precisely because she knew that no matter how wild things turned out to be, and things got pretty wild, especially around Good Friday, she knew that God was in control and the same spirit that conceived Jesus in her womb would also raise him from the dead. For while we may not know where the spirit is blowing, God does. In this regard, the Holy Spirit is different from a more pantheist understanding of some religions' divinity, which tends to see the divine as a sort of benevolent, passive, spiritual energy that lives in all things, a bit like the Force in Star Wars. No, on the contrary, the Holy Spirit has a clear will and personality. For the Holy Spirit is indeed a person, the third person of the Trinity. Indeed, whatever passions and emotions we attribute to Jesus or God the Father, that is manifest in the Holy Spirit also. You know, when I was up in Darwin doing my mission placement, I learnt about the Australian Aboriginal spirituality of Dadiri. One of the things you notice almost immediately about Indigenous Australians is that they are never in a rush. And I feel Dadiri might have something to do with this. Miriam Rose Ungermer Bauman, who was the, I think I totally botched that name, who was the Aboriginal elder who first made Dadiri known to the church, says this, quote, We are river people. We cannot hurry the river. We have to move with its current and understand its ways. We wait on God too. His time is the right time. We wait for him to make his word clear to us. We don't worry. We know that in time and in the spirit of Dadiri, that deep listening and quiet stillness, his way will be clear. End quote. Every river bend in the spiritual life will have its own graces, and sometimes we just need to stop paddling long enough to appreciate what God is doing and let Him lead us. In time, all will become clear, but we must also be attentive. In this way, I find Miriam Rose's words similar to Grandma Willa's little song, where she says, Christians, to listen to one's heart is not just a sweet idea, but one that is absolutely central to our faith. For the Holy Spirit dwells within our hearts and leads us from there. And while the Church can offer us general examples and principles about God's will, 
To truly follow Him, we must each discern what the Spirit is saying within us. And I might add, in light of the very fractured societal and political situations we find ourselves in, it is urgent that we learn to do this. Okay, so let's continue with the Pocahontas story. So Pocahontas then climbs atop Grandma Willow and first glimpses the tall white sails of a European ship. The English have arrived. The English, led by the pompous governor Radcliffe, have only one goal in mind in travelling to the Americas, to grab as much gold as possible. They care nothing for the land, its beauty or the native people who call it home. Instead, they refer to Pocahontas' people as savages and are prepared to shoot them if they get in the way. Of course, as the story goes, one of the Englishmen, Captain John Smith, happens to meet Pocahontas by chance underneath a waterfall. They are captivated by each other, though a little apprehensive at first, not at all understanding each other's native tongue. But then, in a subtle detail I missed until recently, the wind character actually blows upon both John and Pocahontas and enables them to understand each other's language. Hmm. I feel this is a little like Pentecost morning, where suddenly the Holy Spirit bestows on the apostles the gift of tongues, enabling them to transcend the language barrier of different nations and thus unite the church. Anyway, Pocahontas and John Smith slowly become friends and begin to meet in secret, sharing things like greetings and customs and pets and compasses. But it becomes clear that John and his corps greatly misunderstands Pocahontas's culture and still thinks her people are uncivilized and so on and so forth. It is on this note that Pocahontas sings the Colors of the Wind song. Have you ever heard the wolf cry to the blue corn moon? Or ask the grinning bobcat why he grinned? As you're probably already familiar enough with it, I hope to provide another lens for you to appreciate its meaning. As you go along the spiritual journey, you begin to realize that the gift of faith is as much about seeing things differently as it is about doing things differently. Faith is about noticing what is already happening as well as trying to make things happen. I would suggest that a lot of grace slips past us simply because we fail to notice it, or should I say, fail to notice Him. Given we're borrowing the wind in Pocahontas as an image of the Holy Spirit, the song Colours of the Wind is very much about helping John notice more and to see more. Whereas the land was simply something John thought to use and exploit, Pocahontas tries to show him how the reality before his eyes was actually pregnant with a sacred presence. She goes on to describe how everything has a life, a name and a place, and that he just doesn't see any of it. Okay, so how does this translate to the spiritual life, though? Well, while we listeners may not consider ourselves greedy and racist like the English, we are a lot more like John Smith than we first think. Most of us have a fixed way of seeing reality that can blind us to seeing reality as it really is. As an example, most of us Christians still value success over failure, strength over weakness, popularity over persecution. Well, this, according to our Lord, is a type of blindness. For the Gospel tells us that blessed are the poor in spirit, the persecuted and the humble. Jesus himself was poor and persecuted and humble and tells us that this is what it means to be blessed and this is what it means to have our eyes opened. Yet having heard this, 
Do we still prefer our old way of seeing the world, or are we ready to embrace the new reality that the Holy Spirit alone can allow us to see? Remember, pride isn't just what we typically call arrogance or being a snob. Pride is also a particular insistence that our version of reality is the correct one. Enter the song "Colors of the Wind," for when the wind of the Spirit blows, He enables us to see reality in its full spectrum of color, rather than the stale, sterile black and white of our narrow vision. For I believe the true impact of "Colors of the Wind" comes when we recognize that we are John Smith, and whatever dramatic conversion he goes through during the song. That's nothing compared to what the Holy Spirit is offering us. If you're enjoying this episode of the Myth Pilgrim, please subscribe to it so you can stay up to date with all the latest episodes. If you'd like to be notified by email every time a new episode is released, hop onto the website at themythpilgrim.com to register. So anyway, as you can guess, John and Pocahontas eventually fall in love, though of course secretly. But all is not well back at home in their respective camps. Through a series of misunderstanding, which leads to Cocoam being accidentally shot by one of the Englishmen, the two sides become enraged and prepare for a full-on war. This is where that song "Savages" comes in. John, in the meantime, is captured by Pocahontas's people and was due to be publicly executed the following dawn. It is at this point that Pocahontas consults Grandmother Willow again, at a loss to what to do. Suddenly, her pet raccoon presents Pocahontas with John's compass, and she only then realizes it is the same spinning arrow from her dream. She recognizes in an instant why she felt called down a different path. And following the lead of the wind, runs back to her home front, where war is brewing. Arriving at the break of dawn, in front of both her own people's army and the English armies, she throws herself in the nick of time between John Smith and her father's deadly weapon. She will not budge and says that she will not choose the easy and smooth path of hate, but rather will choose the difficult path of love. In doing so. She fulfills the fork in the river motif at the beginning of the story. In seeing her speak with this sort of wisdom beyond her years, the chief's eyes are suddenly opened. He realizes how hate has blinded him from seeing reality, and calls for a peace truce. John is then set free from his bonds. Governor Pizarro, however, is not convinced about all this though. He fires his musket at the chief anyway, but John throws himself in front of the chief and takes the bullet instead. He is gravely wounded and needs to be immediately sent home for treatment, but his heroic deeds have already spoken volumes. Just as Pocahontas was willing to lay down her life for an enemy, so too was John willing to do the same. Both sides are greatly humbled, and in the final scene, John, now lying bandaged on a stretcher, is placed on the deck of his ship, leaving to return home to England. But he is not alone. As Pocahontas waves one final goodbye atop a cliff, the wind arrives and forms a beautiful bridge between the two lovers. And like Pocahontas, John Smith is enveloped in the wind and breathes it in, smiling. The same wind that brought the two lovers together, 
that reconciled two irreconcilable parties is now filling his sails and accompanying him home. Sniffle, if you want an example of Walt Disney at its best, you have to re-watch this final scene. Anyway, in this last segment of the story, let's reflect on two final ways the action of the Holy Spirit is recognisable in our lives. Firstly, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the Spirit of Truth, one who will lead us to all truth. He is to be our advocate, our helper on our earthly pilgrimage. Cast your mind back to Pocahontas' last scene with Grandma Willow. The moment she finally understands the truth of the spinning arrow, she is actually surrounded by the wind. I'd even say baptised in it, fully immersed by the wind. It was, after all, the will of the wind to reveal Pocahontas' path ahead, leading her to John Smith. It was also the will of the wind to help both nations see past their prejudice and embrace the truth of one another. Likewise, the spirit of truth helps us dispel the lies of the enemy, and lead us to all truth. Usually, this is through how he illuminates the scriptures for us or helps us understand a particular teaching of the church. However, every Christian should also always be open to receiving what is called a prophetic sense or a prophetic image from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a supernatural presence and can certainly work that way. As Peter reminds us on the morning of Pentecost, On the last days I will pour forth my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men will see visions, and your old men shall have dreams. That's Acts chapter 2 verse 17. As someone who is part of the Catholic charismatic renewal, I am privileged to both witness and experience the many gifts the Holy Spirit offers the church. How he works is both awe-inspiring and yet very intimate. If one of us does receive a prophetic sense or an image, we always are called to discern it first, often with the help of someone wise and holy like Grandmother Willow. Like with Pocahontas, even if a prophetic image is truly legitimate and from the Lord, it may not always make sense to us at first until we sit with it in prayer. But when we do, the spirit of truth will always blow and make its meaning clear to us at the right time. And finally, how can one speak about the Holy Spirit without drawing out its mission to bring about unity? Where the Holy Spirit is present, communities always flourish. This was very evident in the book of Acts and in the records of the early church. In Pocahontas, the work of the wind finds its fulfillment in the unity of peoples, not only between Pocahontas and John, but between the Native Americans and the English. It was in the context of this universal mission that Pocahontas finds her individual mission within it. St. Augustine calls the Holy Spirit the love that flows between the Father and the Son for all eternity, meaning that the Holy Spirit is all about unity. Indeed, he is about love. Whereas the effect of sin is the fracturing of community, the Holy Spirit works to reunite fractured members of Christ's body. And the more irreconcilable the divide, the more the scope the Holy Spirit has to work. So, if you're experiencing some sort of epic fail division in your network of relationships, come Holy Spirit. May the love that binds the very Trinity to one another work in us too and breathe in us a new life. I thought I'd finish today with the Veni Sancte Spiritus, an ancient prayer that the Church has used to invoke the Holy Spirit. If you know it, feel free to join in with me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, 
fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. For the Practical Pilgrim exercise today, I want to recommend you commit to praying the daily examine, maybe for a week or a fortnight. The examine is a very popular Ignatian prayer and only takes about 10 minutes. It is a centuries-old method of reflecting over your day and noticing the movements of how the good spirit and the bad spirit have been moving during that time. Remember, an important part of our faith journey is about noticing God, seeing what he's already doing. The examine gives you the steps to do this and also a means to turn it into concrete actions. So if you're interested, I will leave a PDF copy of the examine on the Myth Pilgrim website. Okay, so come Holy Spirit. Until next time, journey forth, take care and God bless.